Hello, hello, and welcome to What a Save, a Rocket League esports podcast. It feels very good to finally say that. Um, I found myself as a very big Rocket League fan, especially of esports. I found myself looking for more content because I was running out of content to consume. Um, so I am here making my own content now. Uh, it wasn't something that I thought that I would be doing, uh, but I really enjoy Rocket League. I really enjoy talking to others about Rocket League and my wife is tired of me talking about it, so here I am. Today I'll be talking about uh, the 1v1 scene, as well as RLCS in general. We have the uh, North American Winter Invitational coming up here this weekend, starting on March 3rd. Um, so very excited for that tournament here. Um, I know that there are a couple of teams fighting for that fifth spot in North America, uh, so that'll definitely be one to tune into this weekend. And with that, we'll go ahead and get straight into this first topic of today. Um, that is the 1v1 scene, specifically the matchup between Zen and Rawaz that just finished up here. Uh, Zen is a player uh, currently under a RLCS ban. Uh, he will be unbanned here starting with the spring split this season. So we're all very excited to see him uh, finally make his appearance on Vitality uh, next to, we would imagine, Alpha 54, as well as one of either Radozin or Seitzen. Uh, so yeah, we're very much looking forward uh, to him finally being an RLCS, but if you haven't heard as of late, he has been going down a list of the top 20 1v1 players um, in the world, not even just in Europe, um, and he is taking them down one by one. And Ruaz is considered by many to be the best 1v1 player in the world, uh, coming out of Saudi Arabia in the Middle Eastern region. Uh, a lot of Middle Eastern players, they tend to play on EU servers, uh, so they tend to get around 80 to 100 ping uh, when, it, when they are good servers for them. And uh, Zen went up against Rawaz here today. Rawaz did take him down in seven games. It was a very hard-fought battle. Uh, both of them put up incredible performances. It really is interesting to look at this matchup because you start to see things uh, that we can expect in the future. Sort of like the matchup that we saw recently between Zen and Daniel, uh, where Zen took down Daniel in seven games. Uh, Daniel, of course, is one of the top players coming from North America. Uh, he's up there with the likes of First Killer. And, and First Killer hasn't gotten to play Zen as of yet. Uh, I'm expecting to see that here in the future. I know Johnny Boy said something about it on his stream as well. Uh, so be looking out on his Twitter for another update. He normally updates with show matches that he has um, as soon as he can. And with that, uh, let's go ahead and get into the matchup. So as I said, this was one that went to seven games. Uh, the first game, you know, starts off as usual. What we see with Zen, he took a lot of time in the air, chaining together flip resets, going for air dribble bumps, uh, just trying to feel out Rawaz and how Rawaz was going to play. Um, Rawaz, of course, as one of, if not the very best defender in the very world, um, he gave Zen a run for his money. Zen was putting on threatening shots throughout the entirety of the first game, where Waz was saving shots that he had no business saving, to be completely honest. But of course, when you are the very best fender in the world, 
Um, you're going to make those defensive plays, and he really showed an ability to read Zen's offense, unlike anybody that we've really seen before within his 11-game win streak. All right, so the first two games of the series, they both went to Zen. Uh, they both, uh, weirdly enough, had scores of 6-4. to four. Uh, Both of them, Zen just looked absolutely insane when he was in the air. Uh, played really good defense on Rawaz as well. Um, very consistent attacks from both of them. Rawaz was sticking to a little bit more of a ground-based attack. Uh, he did hit an absolutely insane ground pinch in the first uh, in the first game of the series. Um, he ended up hitting a 120 uh, kilometer per hour pinch on the ground after faking um, an air dribble in the air. Um, and along with that, Zen was just showing insane speed throughout the entire match. A lot of people talk about uh, his insane offense, um, but his ability to uh, read his opponent allows him to be incredible on defense as well. Um, defending from the air, he defends almost like he attacks. Um, in, a, in a way of like floating through the air, you don't know what he's going to do next. And it goes back to his offensive ability. Um, in terms of what he's going to do next, he has, it seems, it, it seems like he has five, six different options when he takes the ball into the air. It's incredibly difficult to read what he's going to go with next. And I loved what Johnny said at one point, uh, just explaining that Zen's aerial ability really is completely unique to him. Nobody else plays in the air like he does. His ability to have a million different options when he takes the ball into the air, you have no idea which one of those options he's going to choose. He's going to feel you out play by play until he finds something that works, until you make even the smallest mistake so that he can pounce on it and score a goal. And, and you know, um, Rawaz was doing a very good job of keeping up with Zen, but it was clear in the first two games he hadn't completely figured Zen out. Uh, not even close, honestly, with some of the shots that Zen was pulling out. Uh, both players are, of course, incredible when they take the ball into the air. It wasn't just Zen clipping the entirety of the, the match. Rawaz, of course, got back at him, especially in games three and four. And that's sort of when the tide started to shift within the matchup. Zen started to look a little bit tilted. Rawaz was completely changing his play style to be completely unpredictable, uh, whether it be on defense or on offense. Rawaz seemed to have great counters and great offensive strategies to break Zen down play by play. And while watching Rawaz attack in these positions in these two games, uh, you started to notice that the game shifted from a very fast-paced aerial-based game to a lower, to-the-ground, low 50-50, outplays, um, things of that nature, uh, to where Rawaz felt comfortable, and he definitely felt comfortable. You could tell as well, just was in complete control of the ball. Uh, game three ended up going his way, eight to seven, and game four, which was really where you started to see Zen start to tilt a little bit, um, that game went seven to four in Rawaz's favor. 
Normally when you see a player start to quick chat OMG over and over again when they're making mistakes, uh, as well as when they're losing kickoffs, and of course we will get to kickoffs because kickoffs were a big reason that Zen ended up dropping the match in totality. Uh, Rawaz, you could just see the one's experience in his kickoff game, and he dominated in the aspect of kickoffs in the match. Game 5 really was where we start to see the tilt take over Sen. Uh, you know, he is a young player. He has not been in the one scene for very long, just within the last month, that he's built up this insane winning streak. And it started to show throughout the match. Uh, things like regular kickoff losses and mind games that Rawaz was able to put together for goals, uh, you could see that they were starting to really get to him. And uh, that's an aspect of the Ones game that's just built up over time. Zen seemed to come into game six with a whole new outlook on the game. He was playing differently than he had before, mixing up his offense in ways that we hadn't seen and that Ruaz hadn't seen. And it proved to be working. Uh, he did end up taking game six with a score of eight to six. And we moved into game seven, uh, which we were all on the edge of our seats while watching this. Johnny Boy had around 13 to 14,000 viewers in the stream at that point. Um, so it was obvious that the Rocket League community as a whole was tuning in for this momentous matchup. Rawaz showed this ability to adapt in game seven in a way that I've never seen a player adapt mid-series. Um, he was mixing in these insane ceiling challenges whenever Zen would take the ball into the air, as well as mixing in air dribble bumps on offense. These both proved to be successful against Zen's defense. Uh, just as somebody who hasn't been playing ones very long, um, of course, his current ability in the game is insane for the amount of time that he's been in the public eye in the one scene. Um, but with that, Zen was getting so tilted. It was quite obvious that he was in his head about a lot of things. Uh, we saw at one point him just completely mess up on a flip in a shot uh, to which he shot the ball wide on an almost open net, uh, but it's just a ball that we would have seen him normally convert on. And with this, uh, you know, you just start to see Rawaz mix in these different challenge types throughout the entire game. He never challenged Zen in one specific way. And this is something different that somebody's tried against Zen. So many people defend his air dribbles just one way throughout the entire game. And this leads to him to adapt and figure out new ways to beat you in the air, uh, whether that be through chaining together two or three resets in the air, or a simple flick, uh, reverse 90 degree flick to throw that ball into the upper left corner of the goal. He was showing that he could do it all. And it really was Rawaz's um, sneaking in a plethora of challenge types in order to throw Zen off his offensive game. Along with that, the kickoffs, they really started to catch up with Zen in this matchup. Um, Johnny will harp on this all the time, of course, and with, with kickoffs in ones especially, it becomes so important to have consistent, solid kickoffs. If you don't, you're not going to win your ones matches, because if you're good at kickoffs, that will allow you to score goals over and over again, especially against a, a, a player that doesn't have 
quite as much one's experience like Zen does. He's definitely more of a twos ranked grinder throughout his come up in the RLCS scene. And Rawaz really showed what was possible by throwing in a bunch of different challenge types, whether that be pre-jumping, going off the ceiling during an air dribble, uh, just it showed an insane ability to counter resets. Even Zen's ground game uh, wasn't proving to be as successful against Rawaz by the end of the match. Game 7, it just sort of seemed like he had him figured out to a certain extent, and um, at the very end of the series... Uh, we ended up seeing Zen drop from the match about 10 minute, or ten seconds uh, before the game had ended. Totally understandable. Um, he is a very young player on this momentous win streak, and I'm sure he was very emotional after dropping that last game to Hawaz. And uh, with the end of that matchup, it really feels like we are now seeing almost every day, it feels like. Every week, at the very least, we're seeing these players in these one show matches mix in things that we've never seen before, and they really are changing the meta in real time. Matchups like Daniel uh, versus Zen, Rawaz versus Zen, uh, two great matchups to watch if you haven't yet. Um, they really are setting the meta in ones. It's insane that we get to watch this in real time. It's it's so exciting. Every show match that I tune into, I just, I never know what's going to happen. You know, you're always hoping for insane clips, of course. Um, but when you're seeing these players try new things that nobody else has tried and succeeded with, it's crazy. I just feel very lucky to be able to experience this in real time. All right, so now that we've talked about that ones matchup, I wanted to also go through the European Winter Invitational. Uh, this last weekend, we did see uh, 16 top teams in Europe compete for the title of the Invitational Champion. Team Liquid, of course, ended up taking the tournament uh, with a 4-3 series record against Carmine Corp, uh, the team that's really been dominating the region for the past couple of months. And if you're like me, I love watching teams dominate. I've been really enjoying Gen G's run in North America, as well as Carmine Corp in Europe. Uh, they're just so fun to watch. The organization that they play with, the impeccable rotations, it's just fun Rocket League to watch, and I'm just so excited that we get more of this in the future, and that we get more when San Diego comes around uh, for the Winter Major. We're very excited. You know, of course, we're hoping for that big matchup between Genji and um, KC here. And when it came to the most recent EU regional, Casey showed mostly the same. Um, they went completely undefeated in the group stages as well as in the playoffs up until the point that they went up against Team Liquid. Uh, Liquid had a very good weekend. All three players on the team, Oski, Akronik, and Atau, uh, they were all playing completely out of their minds. Um, I enjoyed watching them a ton, especially in their matchup against Gamers First G1 uh, with that squad of Atomic, Dorito, and Mark by 8. Uh, the player who was substituted on BDS was eventually picked up by G1 here. Uh, they've had a tough run of it within this season. Last split, uh, they did not make the international major, and they were definitely looking to complete that uh, with this tournament. Uh, they ended up making it all the way to the semifinals where they dropped that series to Team Liquid. 
And it was a very well-fought series. It was a seven-game series. Both teams were playing at their very peak. And we saw G1 have to take it to the tiebreaker in order to see who was going to make the major. And when the tiebreaker came around, they showed that Spanish ability in tiebreakers. They're, for some reason, the Spanish players are so incredibly good when it comes to tiebreakers. They just have this innate ability um, under pressure to pull it out. And they showed that in the tiebreaker. They took down both German Amigos and Quadrant. Um, so both of those teams are no longer able to make the international major in April. Um, big losses for both of them, but I'm sure we'll see them come back strong within the next split here. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw them pull it off. Uh, they pulled off two wins. Um, after they had already played a full day of Rocket League, and that is just so impressive. Uh, you saw on the player cams after the matchup, you saw uh, that Atomic's dad ran into the room and they were hugging, and it really was a wholesome moment that we were all happy to see. Um, and I'm just really happy for those players. They've been attempting to qualify for majors, specifically Atomic and Dorito. Uh, they've been working for the last two years to try to secure their spot in majors and just at the very top of the game in Europe. And they've finally done it. They're able to go to this major with their heads held high, confident, ready uh, to take down a top team. Because if you sleep against this G1 squad, they will tear you apart. Make no mistake, they're not here to mess around at the major. They're here to win the entire thing. And with a player with as much experience in these big moments like Mark by 8, I would be very surprised to see them fall out of that tournament early. Big congrats, of course, to Liquid for taking the overall tournament. Uh, it was hard-fought seven-game series against KC, and um, I'm not too worried about KC. It looked like they were just slightly off this last weekend, and Liquid were playing completely out of their minds. Um, they are undisputedly the top two teams coming out of Europe for that Invitational. Um, you may be able to consider Oxygen in there as well. I know that their player Rise is currently playing with a broken wrist, so he does have to have a cast on as of right now. Um, he had tweeted out that he would be able to take off the cast for, or at least the doctor told him that he should be able to take off that cast by the time the major comes around. I definitely hope he's able uh, to play in good health. We obviously don't want him getting hurt worse, um, but the doctor had told him that it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any problem as long as he wasn't doing anything crazy or anything really besides Rocket League. Uh, but I'm very happy to know that he's still going to be able to play. All right, and if you're still tuning in here, I uh, did a little bit of time traveling on the podcast. So it is now Saturday, March 4th, uh, morning of March 4th. Uh, the Winter Invitational Playoff bracket is about to start this afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to check that out at 1 p.m. Eastern today. But I just wanted to go ahead and go over those results for the group stages, so I'll go ahead and go through those one by one here. All right, so starting off here with Group A, uh, that was Gen G's group here. Um, they had Shopify Rebellion, Dignitas, and Koi in the group. A rough group for Koi to be in. Um, you know, we I did like seeing flashes that we saw in the last regional in North America. Um, they were able to make the playoffs, and um, sad to see that they weren't quite able to make it, but it, it makes sense because this is just a rough group for them. Uh, Gen G had no issues, though. Um, 
they three won every single one of their series. Uh, so they ended up at the top of that group here. Uh, if we're moving to group B, this is the group that surprised everyone yesterday, including myself. Um, Optic Gaming ended up sweeping the group. They not only um, took out FaZe Clan in a series score of 1-3, to three, uh, wasn't even a close series there. They really did dominate them in that one. Um, along with Mady, uh, M80, which is, they've been showing great results as of late, um, and they ended up, uh, let's see here, they ended up taking Knights to four games, um, so three to one in that series as well. And what I've been waiting for all season is to see Magic Bear really step up. Uh, there is a ton of pressure on him in these series. Just just being alongside AJ and Rettles on the team, they're two very big content creators within the Rocket League community. They have a lot of fans, a lot of people watching their performances. Um, Magic Bear was taking a lot of the blame for the early losses this season um, and in this split. Um, so it really was nice to see him have a little bit of a regain in this most recent um, most recent matchups, especially that against FaZe. I'm going to go ahead and pull up his stats here. And this really was the series for Magic Bear to shine. Um, he and AJ both popped off in the series. They both ended up with uh, nearing 1.5 ratings for the two of them, player ratings. Um, Magic Bear ended with a 1.497, AJ with a 1.454, and they really just took it to FaZe. Um, they played aggressive, they got into the way that they want to play, they were able to control the pace of the matchup, um, and we got to see Magic Bear really step it up as well. Um, so I was really happy to see him succeed there. I know it's been a little bit of a rough split for him. FaZe Clan, I'm not, not too worried about FaZe Clan, even with them not winning that group. Um, never mind, I am worried about FaZe Clan. They have their first matchup of the quarters today um, up against Gen G. And, of course, we know that they're that's a budding rivalry here in North America. Um, they were both in the finals of the last regional, where FaZe Clan ended up taking that in seven games. Um, so really excited for that rematch here today. Should be a good one. All right, and Group C here, that was the group that people were looking at as sort of the group of death for the tournament. Uh, there were some big teams in that group. Um... Teams like G2, Space Station Gaming, Ghost Gaming, and Furia. Um, I was definitely hoping for a Furia regain in this tournament. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to put that together. The only squad, surprisingly, the only squad that they were able to beat um, out of those teams was G2. Uh, now, G2, <clears throat> they did end up taking the group. Uh, they went 2-1. Only loss was to Furia, 1-3. to three. Um, Space Station ended up in second with a score of 2-1. to one. Their only loss here uh, was to G2. And uh, Ghost Gaming, they ended up pulling through. Uh, they beat Furia 3-2 in a series in order to make top, top 12 here. Um, so they did end up losing in the bracket to Shopify Rebellion 3-0. Um, so Ghost Gaming, uh, they are now out of the tournament. 
And that leads us over to Group D, uh, which was the other in competition for Group C as the group of death for the tournament here. Uh, that group included teams such as Complexity, Version 1, NRG, and Team Axel. Um, rough day, again, for Team Axel um, as they went 0-3 against these teams. Can't really hold that against them. Uh, those teams just are one step ahead of them in their gameplay. Um, Complexity ended up sweeping the group, which was expected to a certain extent. Complexity's had great form as of lately. Uh, Raise Bowl, AJG, and CRR, they're all playing very, very consistently. And it seems like when you watch them play, uh, they're not making many of those mistakes that you're seeing a lot of these bigger teams making, especially when it comes down um, to moments that are higher pressure moments. We've seen Furia over and over lose it in those moments. It just seems to be that they're taking these huge risks when they play. Furia is. And Complexity is sort of the version of that Furia squad where they're playing a more laid-back, conservative play style, less risky. They end up uh, giving up a lot less goals off of double commits, things of things like that. Um, so yeah, wasn't surprised at all to see Complexity top that group. They didn't have too hard of a time at all. The team that they had the hardest time against, surprisingly, ended up being um, NRG here. So... Um, NRG ended up taking them to two games. They ended up having a 2-0 lead and ended up getting reverse swept uh, by Complexity. So it was a rough one from NRG. Um, hopefully, again, I know I'm always saying this about NRG especially because the Rocket League scene as a whole is just better when NRG is in the conversation for one of the best teams in the world. Um, so I'm really hoping to see them get back to that here in the future. Um so yeah, that's what that group looked like. Version 1 had a bit of a uh, regain as well. This tournament going 2-1 and one in that group. They took out NRG and Axel for those two wins. Um, NRG series was a close one with version 1 as well. NRG had a 2-1 lead after three games. And again, they lost uh, when they were on match point. Um, so NRG, they, they just seem to have a really hard time closing out series as of right now. It seems to definitely be a mental block because with their gameplay on the field, they are keeping up and it doesn't seem to be an issue um, during the game. But when they get to these late series situations where they're on match point, they only need one more game to take the series. That's where we see them not play quite the same way. Um, you start to see them sitting back more on the defensive end, uh, taking less risks, not making as many solo plays. They normally are trying to boom it out of their defensive half downfield for a shot by Justin or Garrett G. And it just hasn't seemed to be working as of right now, um, especially with how mechanically so much of the North American scene especially are pretty equal in terms of their mechanical ability. Obviously, you have standouts in that regard, such as Daniel, First Killer, Chronic, people of that nature. Uh, but for the most part, mechanics are at a standstill, and it really comes down to how you're playing the game as a team and what your mindset is in those matchups as well. Um, I feel like Gen G has really been displaying that this season. FaZe Clan has as well. Um, hoping to see a good series there between those two teams as they do make up the first game here in round one, or not round one, but the quarterfinals of the tournament. 
uh, we'll have Gen G versus FaZe Clan. I would be surprised to see Gen G drop that series, uh, especially since they're coming off of not winning the last regional. They ended up in second place to FaZe Clan, so I think it's very important for them to get that win in that regard. Get back on top of North America before the major. Um, after that matchup here, we have Complexity and Dignitas. Um, it looks like we're likely going to get that rematch between Gen G and Complexity uh, in the semifinals here to see who goes on to the grand final. Um, Dignitas has had a strong showing this weekend. They did take out Space Station in round one of the playoffs uh, with a series score of 3-2. to two. Um, so they, they're probably going to put up a, quite a good fight against Complexity here. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised at all to see both of those series go to five games. Um, looking at the rest of the playoff bracket here, we've got Optic Gaming versus Shopify Rebellion. Um, I'm not seeing Optic lose that series. They are playing out of their minds right now, definitely on another, another level from where we've seen them in the previous two regionals. Um, honestly it seems like they could take the entire tournament just with how clean their mechanics look and how quick they're playing. They seem to all be on the same page, and that is something that we have not seen from Optic yet. Uh, so that team is looking very scary. Seems like they might actually achieve their full potential, which is very exciting. And the matchup we have after that uh, is G2 versus version 1. Should be a good matchup there. Uh, these teams have faced off many times before. Version 1 before this, they did take out M80 in round 1 of the playoffs. Um, not the hardest matchup for them there. Um, teams have had issues with M80 previously, uh, but in this tournament, version 1 does seem like they have their mojo back. Um, going up against G2, though, here, that's a rough matchup. G2, they're very strong normally in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. I would be very surprised to not see them take that series, I would imagine, within three to four games. Um, and then from there, we've got the semis and the grand finals. Um, you know, I do see Gen G taking the tournament here. I could see them in the grand final up against Optic. Obviously, the only way Optic can qualify uh, for the major is to win this regional. Um, so that is very much on their minds here. They want to make that major. They want to play on land, show that they have that land experience to succeed. And I definitely think we would see that if they make land. And of course, if they don't make it in the winter split here, I would be very surprised to not see them uh, within the major, for the spring major, for the spring split, uh, I would be very, very surprised to not see them in that slot. All right, so that is the playoffs here today. I'm very excited, looking forward to seeing how these matchups play out. Um, some teams to watch today, I would definitely say the matchups of the day are Gen G and FaZe Clan. And the other one that I'm looking forward to is definitely uh, the version 1 and G2 matchup. I'm hoping version 1 shows that they can still be on form uh, while playing at their highest ability possible. Definitely hoping to see a regain there. We've seen a little bit more of a tame beast mode in this regional and really this entire split. It just seems like they've not been able to release him as much um, to release havoc on their opponents. And I'm hoping to see him come back to form, see that whole team back in form um, so that we can see them at the top of North America again. And that about wraps it up for today. Um, if you're still here, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate 
uh, you hanging around for my rambling incoherent sometimes, but we're doing our best around here. Um, but really appreciate you if you've listened so far. I'm going to try to have these podcasts out on a weekly basis. If you're looking for more content, you can find that on my website, uh, which is whatasavegg.com. And yeah, very, very much looking forward to the Rocket League here today. And I'm excited uh, to be back on the podcast here next week.